They have 30 years experience leading advanced analytics and AI, which is another way of saying they're old. They have tackled hundreds of major programs and projects, which is probably why they're bald. <laughs> they are working in retirement to help America win the global AI competition, which is to say that their views are their own. This is AI for Leaders by AI Leaders. Practical, to-the-point content helping you drive results with AI. Here's Chris and Frank. Hi, welcome to the AI for Leaders podcast. I'm Frank Strickland. I'm Chris Whitlock. So Chris, in this episode, we are going to talk about books that have been published on AI to include our own. Um, we'll answer the question of why we wrote the book that we wrote. And we'll also give what we think is useful information to AI leaders and practitioners out there in terms of giving them a broad perspective on the published material uh, in the discipline. So why don't you start us off? What are, what are we talking about here in terms of uh, the books and the reports that uh, they see on this slide? Well, I think for everyone that works in the space, this uh, report on the left in this slide should be familiar. It's the National Security Commission uh, on AI report. Now, it's substantial. It's about 800 pages long, but this was co-chaired by the former CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt, and former Deputy Secretary of Defense, Bob Work, uh, with a number of other hands to help both commercial and government in orientation. It addresses why AI is important and what the nation needs to do. Uh, it was incrementally released, um, has had a variety of impacts. As that commission came to an end, uh, Eric Schmidt was a driving force and continues to work with uh, Bob Work on what is referred to as the uh, Special Competitive Studies Project, SCSP. And you see an example here in the middle of the intelligence interim report. They have a number of groups uh, that are working on different dimensions of competitiveness for the nation. AI is material in that, and it continues to emphasize why uh, AI is important and what the nation needs to be doing in these different areas. But from our perspective, just working in the space, uh, that left some ground that's understandably unattended. What they have done is sweeping its large on its own, but it left some ground that's unattended. And that's Chris, just uh, forgive me, Chris, just to put a point on it, the why the commission would assert is that we're in a global competition, including with the Chinese, to see which country and which value system is going to shape the use of AI and going back to the Defense Science Board as early as 2014, there was an imperative being placed then by the Department of Defense, now by this Congressional Commission. There is an imperative for America to win this global security competition in order to ensure its national security in this century, right? 
Right, right, right. And it's, to me, those are useful. They're documents and materials people who are leading in this space should be familiar with, but they emphasize why it is important and what the nation needs to be doing. And that's the gap that we wanted to address is, well, what needs to come alongside that? Yeah, and the one of the what the nation needs to be doing was in the area of talent. There was a big emphasis on talent, uh, and there were some recommendations made about creating certain programs to increase the AI fluency in government by establishing certain specializations, et cetera, where we felt there was a big gap and, and believe there is still a big gap is in the how-to for leaders. And specifically, Chris, we characterize the gap as a set of AI practitioners, whether they be data scientists or software engineers or ML ops engineers, the, the technical people that are producing AI solutions, most of them have relatively limited leadership experience because it is still relatively new. Very few of them, perhaps you couldn't find a handful who have led a really large government systems program with multiple subsystems, multiple interfaces, et cetera. And then if you go from that level to the top and you look at the departmental and the agency leaders and leaders in program executive offices and even mission leaders who need to be served by the output of AI, most of them have no experience with AI whatsoever. Many of them don't have a lot of experience with advanced analytics, frankly. And so you have that gap between those two. And we were motivated after retiring, having spent about 30 years in advanced analytics and AI and believing and seeing practically in both government and business that leadership in our view, was the limiting factor on driving AI at scale, um, we decided to write a book. And it's really, as the title implies, Chris, it's a how-to book, right? It's how, yes, how in focus and very practical, very practical. Uh, if, you, if you dig one level, and it might be useful uh, just showing some other leader books in this space, uh, Frank, you, you look at ours, the other thing that should jump out, not just the subtitle, um, the practical guide for leaders, but it's national security focused. So if you went to Amazon and you were searching for, you were running a query leading analytics, leading AI or artificial intelligence, the eight volumes that you see here in their some thumbnail view are some of the top ones that would come up or result from a query. One defining element of all of them is they're contextualized almost exclusively in commercial environments. That is fine. There are things the federal government certainly can learn from the commercial sector. There are certainly are capabilities that can be built commercially that are relevant to the government, but we're not running DoorDash. Uh, in these weapon systems, these major weapon systems. And there are a lot of particular and specific challenges that leaders in this space need to overcome that you're simply not going to find treated 
in these volumes. They also tend to have uh, an emphasis on particular dimensions of the leadership problem. And that's, to me, the root of, of what drove uh, our writing process is we were running big businesses, trying to train and equip people uh, to address these needs. You have a lot of talented people out there, but you're trying to orient them. And our book, we've tried to write in a way uh, that helps fill in the knowledge gaps. And Frank, I think showing the next chart may help. Just a quick the- footnote here, Chris. So um, you and I spent the last chapter of our careers, at least in running large organizations, we were in Deloitte Consulting, um, very large, you know, 150 countries, 100,000 people pretty much in just Deloitte Consulting US, you know, global brand, massive firm, uh, works in pretty much every commercial industry there is. Um, the other footnote that we'd make here is while there there are some things to learn from commercial, uh, we worked very closely with commercial colleagues uh, because Deloitte, you know, fostered that conversation actively between partners working in the government and public service space like us and partners working in these commercial industries. Um, and everything in commercial is not nirvana in terms of, you know, boom, uh, AI gets developed and get deployed. Uh, in fact, to the contrary, they're having some challenges uh, and in some cases, some steep challenges, just like our government clients do, right? Yeah, it's, it's easy, I think, to uh, romanticize what happens on the commercial side. And, yeah. Yeah, there are things that we can benefit from in the federal sector and in the national security sector unambiguously, unambiguously, but also need to be discriminating. And if we're trying to cultivate leaders, we need to have a a significant portion of that, which is specific to their domain, to where they have to operate. And yeah, Airbnb, great, love it, use it. Um, Not what we're doing in, in major weapon systems. Yeah, here, here. Okay. So here we have, we're, we're looking now at first our book and these categories. What, what are we talking about in these categories in this first column? Uh, so this just outlines where we are uh, or the approach that we have taken in the book. So uh, how do we better equip ourselves to think and interact around AI. Uh, There are a number of good things that are written uh, in the space on that broadly, but we've tried to give a concise rendering of thinking and interacting around this in a practical way. But then we move to national security programs and the handmaiden to that, which is the budgeting process. Those two go together in a programmatic oriented view on how we accelerate the introduction of AI. The next two, leading data science and then project-related work, how those are led, uh, are left hand, right hand. I mean, we have been around this, Frank, quite a lot, but we'd have a passionate view on the need to understand at least the fundamentals of data science while not knowing the keyboard uh, necessarily. Yeah, I, I would say, Chris, if you are leading in this space, and by in this space, we mean you could be a departmental leader. Hell, you could be 
a PEO or a deputy PEO that has AI as a major component, but isn't necessarily just an AI program, you need to have foundational knowledge of data science because it is the core discipline in building an AI capability. And if you don't have that foundational knowledge, then you know, you're going to be no more effective as a leader than if you know, you had come out of a donut factory and you're now in charge of an artillery battalion. You, you need to have some foundational knowledge. Exactly. And we're not trying, did not aspire to teach statistics or to teach the console and commands, but to orient leaders to the data science discipline and all of the elements of that that are crucial from a leader perspective. The last two are enablers, uh, leading people in this space. Um, because there are some distinctive challenges. It's pretty frothy from a market perspective right now. Uh, and data scientists are rigged a particular way. So dealing with that we think is, is valuable specifically. And then technology decisions based on varying leader roles in, in the national security sector. What are the types of things you have to grapple with? That's how we approach this yeah. uh, in the book. Now, you can Chris, compare Chris, that to where the other Yeah, Yeah, before you go on, so just go back. The, the programs, integrating into major programs and the budgeting component, we've gotten a lot of feedback on that from some very senior leaders thus far. What kind of feedback are we getting in terms of the importance of that? Uh, it's a showstopper. So the... You know, the valley of death is a well-worn phrase, but it is rooted in budget and program issues. Uh, we've gotten, uh, in our, we've had a range of interactions with people on the industry side. We're getting tasked with a lot of science projects. They're not getting pulled across into bigger programs, programs of record or, or major acquisition programs. It's a challenge and to move from ideas and experiments into deployment, you got to grapple with the program elements, and often uh, that's riding sidecar with big budget issues, uh, particularly for facets of this problem. Yeah, I, Chris, to illustrate that, um, I sat with a data scientist, a master data scientist, in just the past few days, and this person and a team of people have been demonstrating a modeling approach on live operational data and producing insights that have been going downrange to operators for over a year. So, so they're producing operational insights from mission data uh, on something that their client views at at the departmental at the principal level the senior leader senior most leaders views as a primary mission problem or in some cases some some of them would say the primary mission problem some would even say and have said it's an existential mission problem and the capability still is not operationalized in a mainline program that just gives an illustration of I've built something that's producing insights. It's on a priority problem, and it's still not integrated into uh, a mainline program. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's the crux of the issue to to me to make progress in the national security spaces. We have to 
we have to concentrate on the program elements and the sidecar issue of, of budget. Now, if you look at these uh, other books which address leading analytics and leading AI, it's not that they're unhelpful, but when you contrast them with what we've done and the reason that we wrote, they don't square up on those issues at all, and you wouldn't expect them to. Um, I'll pick on one for a moment. Third from the right, managing data science. Uh, I've read six of these eight books, the others two I've, I've scanned a bit, but I haven't really read them. But managing data science is an interesting book. It's written by a Russian. Spent 10 years working in Russian banks. Near peer competitor. Now, he's done some interesting things here, and he provides some insight on leading data science and, and explaining uh, facets of AI that are important for leaders to know. He's addressing projects and, and how you constitute teams, etc. It's all commercially contextualized. It is 100% commercially contextualized. It's internationally contextualized. And it's from a near peer uh, citizen, right? So there, there is value, but it obviously leaves a hole. And as you carry that across to these other areas, I think a dominant, dominant attribute is a lot of this is set in project level work. So have a team with a discrete focus, uh, bounded timeline, a small uh, core group, and they're trying to tackle a problem. That's not the, the totality of what we are dealing with, and it's definitely not the totality to get progress. Um, we've tried to address the fullness of the range of issues that a national security leader, whether in industry or in the government, military member or senior civilian uh, in government needs to know to move this uh, range of capabilities along at a brisker pace. Yeah, I, I would say similarly, Chris, the, the first one to the left after hours, the leading with AI and analytics, when I read that, it, it was a good book, um, really good content. In fact, in the upfront portion of the book, and you can see we have the thinking and interacting highlighted, um, the book does something very similar to what we do in terms of putting a, in the case of this book, a business-focused approach on how practitioners and leaders think and communicate about AI. But that business-focused approach was just that. It was a commercial business-focused approach, and all the examples uh, were commercial. So the the generalizable principle was good. Hey, you need to focus on AI and analytics as means, not ends, and you need to have your conversation start with the ends. What business problem are we trying to do uh, solve? What Where are we trying to move the needle in the business? But it was not put in a national security context or even in a government programs context. Right, right. Now, the only other thing, Frank, I think that's useful here is that this list gets created by going to Amazon and writing and stating a query, leading AI, leading analytics. And these were, at the time I did this, the top books that came up. And they've been there, frankly, uh, for uh, most of this past year as we've been doing that and even longer for some of them. If you look at the two on the far right, uh, they are responsive to that query, but they really aren't 
leadership practice books, they are very philosophically oriented. Uh, so that first one, well, second from the right, leading in the age of AI. So how do you as a leader comport yourself? How do you as a leader think in an era that is increasingly going to be marked by AI-related capabilities, etc.? That's not what we're doing. Ours is not a philosophical book. Ours is a practical book. Ours is not a why AI is important and what the nation must do is how do we do this practically? Programs, budget, leading data science, projects, people, and technology. It's, yeah. It's Just in case people missed it, Chris, the, the seven rows here are the seven main chapters of our book. There, there is an introduction that, that lays out very quickly the imperative for AI and national security, but then the rest of it is how to think and interact, how to integrate into major programs, how to deliver quality projects, how to lead the people, how to make technology decisions. Exactly, exactly. It's interesting though, you could, the other lens you could take in looking at this, if you're browsing for books, is just what are the top AI books? Now, that was not the query that generated this list, but that's another way to come at the problem. Yeah. So if you, um, again, go to Amazon and look at uh, the the top rated AI books at any given time, um, and not that Chris and I are doing this necessarily, but we can vouch for the fact that the list, especially like the top 30, uh, changes literally on a daily basis. Uh, and, and you'll have, you know, some of the top five even uh, change periodically in terms of where they are in the list. But this is a snapshot in time. Uh, this is as of the 9th of January, 2023. Um, and a couple things that we'll point out here, while, while we didn't give you the entire list of 30, because again, of that change, what isn't going to change, at least for some time, is this big pattern that you see that emerges here where you get a lot of books that are focused on technical methods to include software. And then you will get some books like the one Chris was just talking about, uh, the ones on the right in the previous page that are philosophical or oriented on ethics or, or just kind of a general overview. Um, and so you kind of have this bimodal distribution, if you will, of really heavy tech, you know, here's how you code a random forest model in Python, and here's how you apply that to a particular problem, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or, you know, let's talk about what happens when robots take over the world and, you know, whether they're going to enslave people and, and being a little bit flipped there, but you, you get sort of this very heavy philosophical treatment. And so they're, they're just very different types of books. Um, yeah, Frank, one thing that I, I would emphasize is there is a subset, almost all of them are methodologically oriented uh, in this list. They emphasize methods for development and whatnot. There's a subset, when we say they're software oriented, it's very specific. Here is the Amazon Web Service machine learning approach to developing solutions. This is how you deploy uh, deep learning in TensorFlow or, or Keras. They're very software specific and get you down to, at some level, explanations of console commands, functions, and, and 
and features. That's what differentiates software from the more general methods approach. Yeah. So what you can see here is, again, our attempt when when we started uh, working on the book um, and through today, the differentiation of the book in that as we have foot stomped, it's very methodologically oriented. It's very how to. Um, it is very focused on leadership. And you can see in the previous page, Chris had pulled a set of books that were focused on leading AI. That's what the search was done. Um, and none of those books, by the way, are, are in the top 30 currently. Um, Actually, I think, Frank, even if I went and checked today, I don't even think there are any others in the top 50. It's they're there, they're important, uh, but relative to the emphasis in the area, you have a lot of practitioners who have practical questions, some of them very software specific. You, you're down selecting or you're taking a subset when you focus on leadership. So yeah, they don't necessarily show in that top 30 or 50 view. Yeah. Now, so so people can just kind of snap, see the emphasis, you know, how to leadership and focused on national security. I, I would say this, Chris, to our listeners um, about, you know, why we give a rip about the ranking and why we would want them to care about the ranking. Um, if we go back to the point of of having uh, uh, an impact at scale and having an effect on national security. And if in fact there is an imperative, if there is a global competition and if there is an imperative for American national security, well, th there's gotta be literally thousands of savvy AI leaders in order to win this competition. Um, you know, one thing we do in the course that we built that might say something about in just a moment is we built a flagship course based on the book. We're building a series of courses. We can come back to that. But, but in the course, we note there are about a thousand of these major programs just in DOD alone. So how many thousands of leaders do you need become AI savvy quickly uh, in order to win this global competition uh, for AI in national security? And we would say that's that's why we give a rip about the ranking of the book because we want the book to be highly rated uh, because we want it to be well known because we want to get the knowledge, the how-to knowledge uh, into the head of those thousands and leaders, correct? Uh, yeah, I would say that. While I don't wake up thinking about the ranking, I do care very much about what you said, Frank, and we, yeah, we're just 100% aligned. Getting the knowledge out is crucial, and to industry counterparts as well. There are a lot of people who mm. are doing good work, but we need many more, many more who have good foundational understanding of the how-to uh, across this range of tasks. If we're going to get the kind of progress that we want, uh, there are hard choices. Uh, execution in these areas is uh, high quality execution is not a given. And commercially, we only run per Gartner Group about 50% of AI projects actually getting into production. And there's no reason to expect a lot different in the national security space, especially absent 
very purposeful effort and thinking in a programmatic sense as well as in a project-related sense. Mm. Well said. So, Chris, great book, books out there. That also helps, hopefully, our listeners to be well-grounded in what the published space around AI and analytics looks like. Um, we went beyond the book to create a course and are about to roll out uh, other courses. What? Why did we do that? Well, people learn differently, uh, I think, for one, on our part. And working through uh, the development of online training, we were able to take more time to elaborate and detail uh, some of these areas and to illustrate with different kinds of examples. One of the things I, I like about what we have done is to keep the emphasis predominantly on national security topics while bringing in, I think, in a relevant and righteous way, um, commercial issues and, and commercial content. But the strong emphasis is national security. I don't think anybody is going to take in our content and think, wow, they were a little light on national security. Uh, no. Uh, in fact, um, because we did the descriptive stat, um, 50 case examples in the course and 40 of the 50 uh, are national security case examples. So um, you can go to our website and get more information on the courses, AILeaders.com. Pretty easy to remember, AILeaders.com. Com. Uh, but there is a flagship course for those uh, whose leadership responsibilities are either over an AI program or project or have AI as a principal component of a program or project. And then there are shorter courses for senior leaders uh, and then just mission personnel and business personnel uh, who, who need more than awareness so that they can be involved in the identification of AI opportunities and the prioritization of them and, and come at it from the standpoint of having some foundational understanding and practical understanding of, of what AI can do, correct? I, yeah, I think the other thing, Frank, for the much more broad audience is almost everyone at some level who is participates in the national security sector, you're performing mission at the front line or you're praying over small units, et cetera. You're producing data and you may be using these capabilities and having insight about your impact as a data producer, you're populating databases, you're making entries on transactional events, et cetera. That really matters, and it's easy to treat some of this as administrative. It really matters. Data is fuel. Uh, and then understanding what lies in behind the curtain, so to speak, on these capabilities, I think is important in building confidence over time as well. Cool, cool, cool. So you can get more information on the courses at AILeaders.com. Uh, we want to hear from you. Um, give us feedback on this episode. Uh, was it useful to you? If so, how so? How are you using it? How is it affecting how you lead in the AI space? If there are other topics that you want to hear covered that like books, there are many AI podcasts out there 
we don't know of any that are focused on AI for leaders in the national security space, which is what we are about. So if there are topics that you'd like to see us cover in subsequent episodes of the show, uh, please let us know. So we thank you. Um, you can get in contact with us again through our website, uh, AILeaders.com. And until the next episode, appreciate you. Indeed.